President Trump was released last night from the hospital where he was being treated for COVID. I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. But some of the president's doctors caution that he's not entirely out of the woods yet. His illness in the final stretch of the campaign has turned attention to the person who is next in line for the presidency, Vice President Mike Pence. The vice president has a lot on his shoulders this week. Andrew Restuccia covers the White House. And he says that Pence has had to think about the worst-case scenario while also gearing up to fill Trump's shoes on the campaign trail. And this week will be a big one for Pence. He has the vice presidential debate, and he'll lead campaign rallies in two swing states. Mike Pence and Donald Trump, while they align ideologically and they sort of pursue the same policy goals, they really couldn't be more different in terms of the way that they approach politics. The vice president is mild-mannered, he is measured, and the president is neither of those things. So it'll be an interesting next couple weeks. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Tuesday, October 6th. Coming up on the show, how Trump's COVID diagnosis is pushing Pence into the spotlight and how it could change the presidential race in these final weeks. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. As of this morning, Vice President Pence remains negative for COVID, but at least 13 other people in Trump's orbit have tested positive. So Pence has been keeping away from the White House. He spent most of this weekend at uh, the Naval Observatory in northwest Washington, D.C., which is his residence. He has not been in the White House. I don't think the president and the vice president have been in the same room since the president's been diagnosed. But in the next few days, Pence will be leaving his residence and hitting the trail headlining Trump's re-election effort, which means Pence is going to be thrust into a somewhat unfamiliar position. He's going to start doing more rallies. He had been doing these smaller sort of one-on-one events and, and smaller sort of events at churches and other places. And I think he'll still do some of that because that's really where he shines. But I think you're also going to see these larger sort of MAGA typical rallies with thousands of people. Most of them will be outdoors, hopefully, but you'll see Pence leading those as well. Pence stepping into a bigger role on the trail comes at a critical time for the Trump campaign. For months, Trump has been trailing in the polls, and the campaign has been in need of a reset to try to close the gap in the final stretch. With Trump off the trail for now, Pence will bring a much different style. He approaches the campaign in a very different way than the president, and he was doing sort of smaller speeches. Um, He's known for making unscheduled stops at diners and small businesses and shaking hands and talking to people, doing the sort of like one-on-one campaigning. Hey, Mike Pence. 
Henry Jones. Henry, is this your place? This is my place. Very nice to meet you. He is quite measured, quite even-tempered. Compared to the president, he is very much on script. Four more years means more jobs. Four more years means more judges. Four more years means more support for our troops. And it's going to take at least four more years to drain that swamp. As a kind of more measured politician, how will that change the energy of these MAGA rallies that Trump is so known for? People come to these rallies for the president, right? I mean, they don't come for anybody else. And they wait sometimes days in line and they pitch tents and they drive all across the country. And some people have spent, you know, months and months following him around. I mean, Pence has not ignited that level of enthusiasm. That's not to say he's not a great speaker, but he's just not President Trump. And no one is. So I think it'll be... It'll be interesting to see if he changes his sort of rhetorical approach to match the president's a little bit more. Could having Pence out there on the campaign trail with his kind of softer approach help the Trump campaign attract Republicans that have drifted away from Trump? You know, if he's making that argument that he is this more sort of even-tempered, less divisive guy as the vice president, I'm not sure it brings in a whole lot more people. If he's making it as a potential presidential candidate, I think it would. The vice president has had this approach for the last four years, and it really hasn't changed much for Trump. So I think it only really changes the dynamics if there's a real chance that Pence is going to actually be leading the Republican Party. But Pence won't be the only one stepping up while the president recovers. They will be sending out other surrogates. There will certainly be virtual events with the sort of cast of surrogates we've seen on the campaign trail all along. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Team Trump Online. I'm Laura Trump, and tonight we'll be joined by Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, and our incredible vice president, Mike Pence. To so I think that you're going to see a lot more of that. And what about the Biden campaign? What changes has the Biden campaign made after Trump's diagnosis? So the real kind of irony of this whole thing is the president has been criticizing Biden from the very beginning of the pandemic for quote-unquote, hanging out and hiding in his basement and not going out on the campaign trail and doing enough. Now we have this total role reversal where Biden is out campaigning. He's, even this week, has been expected to continue campaigning. You know, now the president's the one who can't go out there and meet people. After the president's diagnosis Friday, Joe Biden's campaign made some changes. Biden's deputy campaign manager has said they're reconsidering the tone of their attacks on the president. The Biden campaign has said they're pulling negative ads. And the Trump campaign says that they haven't pulled down every negative ad. And so it's really sort of a semantic argument about, like, what's a negative ad, right? The Biden campaign and and the former vice president have continued to criticize policy matters, um, but they just haven't criticized the president personally, or they've tried not to. And from the Trump campaign's perspective, that is still a negative attack on sort of policy substance. And the Biden campaign just disagrees fundamentally with that. So there's been this whole back and forth over like whether or not they're being appropriate in what they're doing. And that back and forth between the campaigns will be center stage tomorrow night when Pence faces off against Senator Kamala Harris at the vice presidential debate. You know, I think she is a a skilled debater, but I can't wait to get to Salt Lake City and be on the stage with her to compare Joe Biden. How the two sides are gearing up after the break.
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. If there's one thing you can say about vice presidential debates, it's that they're usually forgettable, like Mike Pence's last debate in 2016 against Senator Tim Kaine. It's deeply humbling for me to be here, be surrounded uh, by my, my wonderful family. And Senator Kaine, it's, it's an honor to be here with you as well. And uh, I just... Uh, I think it's safe to say that it was not a memorable debate at all. I think most people in Washington wouldn't be able to name, you know, one line from it off the top of their head. Before everything that's happened over the past few days... How had the campaigns been viewing this year's vice presidential debate? I think even a lot of the president's top aides would consider before last week this event to be a little bit of a snooze. Certainly in comparison to the first debate between Biden and Trump, which really sort of went off the rails and involved insults being traded. I think in comparison, everyone felt that this debate would be nothing really to write home about. But now... There's a lot of pressure on both Harris and Pence. While Trump tweeted today that he's looking forward to the next presidential debate, his illness has raised questions about whether the remaining debates can be held safely. And so it's not clear how many more chances the campaigns will have to be on a national stage. The great opportunity with these debates is you reach a really wide audience of independents, moderates, people on both sides of the political divide. And if there are no more presidential debates, this is really the last opportunity before the election for the Biden and Harris and the Trump and Pence people to make their case to the American people. And so what Pence and Harris say tomorrow night could really matter. The Pence team has actually been thinking about and preparing for the debate for several weeks now. They received a bunch of information from the RNC about Harris and her past comments, and they've been reviewing that. And they've done a couple mock debates as well. And you've seen two outside advisors, Pam Bondi, who's the former Florida attorney general, and Scott Walker, the former governor of Wisconsin, actually help out and stand in and in some cases play the part of Kamala Harris in these debate prep sessions. And if Scott Walker and Pam Bondi have been standing in for Kamala Harris, who is the Harris team having stand in for Mike Pence? Well, we've seen Pete Buttigieg, uh, the former— I was going to guess that. (laughs) Yeah, Pete Buttigieg, um, former presidential candidate, the former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, has reportedly been working hand-in-glove with the Harris team and offering his advice. And tomorrow— All those weeks of prep will be put to the test when the two candidates take the stage. Andrew says that for Pence, he'll have a new message to convey. I think he was always speaking for the president, but now more than ever, he has to 
really speak for the president. And he has to, I think, reassure the public that the president is still capable of leading and no one should have any doubt about his ability to spend four more years in the White House. I think that's going to be his real mission right now because there have been so many different signals coming from the political aides and the doctors that are taking care of the president. So I think, you know, that is going to be a big part of what Mike Pence does. And then, you know, the rest of it is going to be, you know, not that different, really. I mean, it'll be for him defending the president's agenda, defending what the president has done and said. That's what Pence has been preparing for, defending the president from attacks by Harris. Harris, you know, a former prosecutor, she is known for her aggressive questioning in Senate committee hearings. Um, she, you know, sort of went viral on the Internet during the, the Kavanaugh hearings and, and during the Russia investigation probes. She is a, quite a sharp debater. And I am prepared to march with you, to fight with you for the best of who we are and to successfully prosecute the case of four more years of Donald Trump and against him. And I think that she'll be a quite a formidable opponent for Mr. Pence, particularly because Pence is so mild-mannered that, you know, he runs the risk of sort of being overshadowed by someone like Kamala Harris, who's such a powerful speaker. Yeah, I feel like since Harris was named as Biden's pick, a lot of Democrats have been waiting for this debate. Absolutely. A lot of Democrats, and they've said this to us, you know, feel like she could sort of mop the floor with Pence. But given that the president's sick, mopping the floor might not be such a good look. Yeah, and I don't think that Kamala Harris is going to be able to fully unleash in the way that she might have two weeks ago. My colleague, Tarini Party has been told that they are sort of recalculating exactly how they're going to approach criticizing the president. You know, he's ill. You know, you don't want to turn off moderate and independent voters by being overly aggressive about with the president. So I think there's going to be a lot more focus from Kamala Harris's side on the issues of policy and the issues where they differ, and certainly on the coronavirus. And I think that on Pence's side, you know, they are already sort of raising this issue of the inappropriateness of aggressively criticizing the president. So I think that that could change the calculus a little bit. And that calculus could change yet again if Trump is able to get back out on the campaign trail sooner than expected. The president has said that he's interested in doing some sort of virtual campaigning. Um, he's also said he'd like to get back on the campaign trail personally as soon as he possibly can. And it's not outside their own possibility that toward the end, um, the last you know week or so of the election, he could be out there. And how will he be talking about the pandemic? The Trump campaign has already sort of suggested that the president's diagnosis gives him a firsthand sort of front seat view of what this virus means for people and maybe gives him a new understanding of what it means. He has experience now uh, fighting the coronavirus as an individual. Those firsthand experiences, Joe Biden, he doesn't have those. He doesn't you know, Biden doesn't have that understanding because he doesn't have the virus. Obviously, the Biden campaign would say that, you know, that's a you know unfair, unfair comparison and he shouldn't have to infect himself with COVID-19 to know how to uh, address it. But I think that you're going to see a lot more of that from them. Last night, after getting back to the White House, President Trump released a video reassuring the public that he was in good health and that he was ready to lead the country out of the pandemic. We're the greatest country in the world. We're going back. We're going back to work. We're going to be out front. As you leave. And Biden has started to renew his criticisms of the president. Last night, he put out his own video showing Trump taking his mask off and Biden putting his mask on with the slogan, Masks matter. 
they save lives. Still, on Wednesday night, the attention will be on their running mates. I mean, we've lived through this year, really these almost four years, where just when you think it can't get any more unexpected or strange, it does. And I don't think anyone felt two weeks ago that Mike Pence and Kamala Harris would be in the spotlight in this way. Vice presidential candidates are vice presidential candidates. They're important, of course, right? But the notion that you'd see these two individuals be in the spotlight amid these other two personalities, you know, sucking up so much energy out of the room. I I just don't think anyone would have predicted that two weeks ago. That's all for today, Tuesday, October 6th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Tarini Party, Gordon Lubald, and Ryan Tracy for their reporting on this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.